Welcome back to Fanfatals. Take a ride with us on the Hogwarts Express. Walk down Main Street with our best super pals. And defy gravity as we talk about all things fandom. Welcome back to Fan Fatales, a member of the Real Fans Podcast Network. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And happy May the 4th. Quick precursor to this episode. I have a cold. So if I sound gross, that's why. Um, yeah, so instead of talking about Star Wars like literally everybody else is today, um, we decided to talk about the cult classic that quite literally pokes fun at Star Wars yeah. nearly the entire time. Uh, I mean, there's a few others sprinkled in there, but uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about Spaceballs today because everybody else is talking about Star Wars, and we thought, we've been wanting to do an episode about Spaceballs for a long time, so yeah. May the 4th is a great opportunity. Yes. And I hadn't seen this movie in a while. Okay, no, I'm I good. forget the last time I saw it. Same. I haven't seen this movie in... Years. I can't even, I can't even. Though, so. Remember. My allergist um, is named Dr. Schwartz. And I remember the first time I went to him, my dad sitting next to me, because I was, what, a freshman in high school, starting with him. Oh, God. Says, you should say, may the Schwartz be with you, Jim. I was like, no, dad. I'm not (laughs) doing that. That's terrible. I'm sure he gets that all the time. Same. That's why I was like, no, I'm not doing that to him, Dad. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's anyway. let's just get into it. There's so much yeah. to be said. Let's just, like, dive right in. So, Spaceballs is a 1987 American space opera parody film co-written, produced, and directed by Mel Brooks. Also featuring Mel Brooks. Yeah, in two different roles. He's the president. Yeah, and he's Yogurt. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, and he's yogurt. That's right. I was yeah. like, who's the other one? Yes, you're right. Also, Pizza the Hut is um, Dom Deloise. Wait, right? Is that? I think that's what you texted me. Hold on. I texted you the right names, and I'm kind of tired. I've had a long day, guys. I'm so sorry. I've had a long day of doing nothing but being sick, so... <laughs> My brain is also just mush at this point. Okay. Yeah, I was right. So the voice of Pizza the Hut in Spaceballs is Dom DeLuise, who is the father of David David DeLuise. Who who is is Jerry Russo on Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes. Also co-host of the Wizards podcast. Which I've been listening to. Yes, with Jennifer Stone. Yeah. But he talks about his dad all the time. So then when I was, like, on Wikipedia just looking at the cast, it's like, Dom Dalwies, that can't be the same. That's it funny. It is. That's so funny. Yeah. But anyway, um, it is primarily a parody of the original Star Wars trilogy, but also parodies other sci-fi films and popular franchises, including Star Trek, Alien, The Wizard of Oz, 2001, A Space Odyssey, Planet of the Apes, and Transformers. Yeah. And we'll talk about the Wizard th- oh. of Oz one, the Wizard of Oz one is kind of sprinkled in there. The Alien one is right in, it literally just rips off Same Alien. with the Planet like, of the Apes. Yeah. The Planet of the Apes and Star Trek. The whole Star Trek joke is like. Yeah. It's just, the only one that's subtle is the Wizard of Oz joke. It took me a little bit to get it. And then I was like, oh. Oh, I got it immediately, but I'm also a huge fan of it, so, like... It wasn't until... It wasn't... Anyway, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Which makes sense, because the film was released by Metro Golden 
win mayor MGM on yeah. June 24th of 1987. So MGM also made The Wizard of Oz. So it kind yeah. of makes sense why they're parodying it. But um, despite initially getting a mixed reaction from critics and audiences, it has since become a cult classic and is one of M- Brooks' most popular and well-known films. Which is hilarious to me. Also, I just wanted to say, okay, Princess Vespa has a line where she says, well, it is 2001 after all. I was all, there is no way this movie was made in 2001. I thought that's what she meant. I didn't realize she was making fun of 2001 A Space Odyssey. I was like, this is very 80s to be made in 2001. I was like, this could not have been made then. I, it literally did not click until just now that that was a 2001 Space Odyssey joke. Oh, geez. Yeah. How slow am I? So... Production history. So when uh, Mel Brooks developed Spaceballs, he wanted his parody to be as close to the original Star Wars films as possible. Which he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Even though the yogurt character, which was played by Mel Brooks, mentions merchandising in the film, Brooks's deal with George Lucas on parodying Star Wars was that no Spaceballs action figures were going to be made, which I found interesting. Why just action figures? Why not anything else? I think that was just the quote. It was probably all merchandise. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like like you could argue that there could be some Spaceballs, like, merchandise that wouldn't be, like, confused for Star Wars. Yeah. Like, Lord Helmet, you cannot confuse him with Darth Vader. Like, it's very obvious the difference. Rick Moranis great in that role. Do you know how long it took me to figure out that was Rick Moranis? Gabby! I was, like, I was like a good hour into the movie, and then I went, Oh my god, that's Rick Moranis! It took me so long to figure it out. Gabby. I'm serious. I was like, I was like, why do I know this guy? Why is he so funny? And then it like smacked me right in the forehead. I was like, oh shit, that's Rick Moran. <laughs> yeah, we've covered a- another film of his before on the um, show. Little yeah. Shop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we've talked about his ride too. The Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, or yeah. wasn't that a playground or something? I don't know. Yeah, it was remember. a playground. Yeah, we talked that about that one too. No longer in existence that I com- yep. kind of forgot about that playground, not gonna lie, until you said it just now. I had a thought. We should do an episode on Disney rides that have been shut down. We should. Like all the ones that have been killed. Yeah. Kara, right can now. you remind us that? Yeah, Kara, I was going to write it down, but yeah, Kara, just remind us. Just text us. With no context. It's fine. So, we'll, according we'll to Brooks, Lucas, um, Lucas said, your action figures are going to look like mine. And Mel Brooks said, okay. <laughs> However, this agreement inspired Brooks to write Yogurt's <laughs> merchandising scene and include multiple Spaceballs branded products at other points in the film, such as placemats and toilet paper. Brooks also had um, Lucas's company handle the post-production, saying, I was playing ball with the people who could have said no. That's nice. Yeah. Lucas I later like... said... Oh. I was good. Go ahead. Lucas later sent Brooks a note saying how much he loved the film, including its story structure, and that he, quote, was afraid he would burst something from laughing, end quote. It's funny. It's a good movie. It's so funny. I was just kind of tired when I watched it, so I was like, I hate myself for watching this. Oh, same. I had to watch it in over the course of two days because I fell asleep halfway. And then I woke up, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then I rewound, and then I stopped it, and then I fell asleep, and then... <laughs> Woke up the next day and watched it later. <laughs> Rewound again. It's just Fell like Rick Moranis in the film. Yeah, yeah. Dude, um, I love I love how meta this movie is. Oh, same. So Pullman got Bill Pullman um, got the 
part of Lone Star when Brooks and his wife, Anne Bancroft, saw him in a play. He had never seen Star Wars prior to filming. That's hilarious. I also love how they combine, like, Luke and Indiana Jones. It's like Indiana Jones, Han Solo, and Luke Skywalker, like, all in one. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Also, I didn't realize that it was Pullman until, like, halfway through, and I was like, oh, he's from, um, like, when you, you were sleeping, or, like, sleeping in Seattle, sleepless in Seattle, or something like that. I don't know. Right? It was what? in some movie. Hold on. Kara sleepless in out. Seattle was, sleepless in Seattle was, uh, t- uh, uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, but it said he was also in it. I thought, yeah, he was Walter Jackson in Sleepless in Seattle. I don't know who the hell that is. No, he was in While You Were Sleeping. He was also in Sleepless in Seattle. He was also in Sleepless in Seattle. And Independence Day. Yeah. But it took me way too long for me to realize. And Newsies. Yeah, that, he, so his character in Newsies is what Catherine is one of the two characters combined to be. He's the TV. He's like the news reporter side of it. And then they had Davy's sister be the like love side of it. So Catherine took over the news reporter side of Bill Pullman's character. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But anyway, Brooks had been unsuccessful in trying trying to sign on some big-name actors like Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks for the film. Pullman said, quote, I think Mel was hurt that they didn't want to take him up on it. But then it attracted two of the big comics at that time, John Candy and Rick Moranis. Once that was secured, then he said, heck, I'll get somebody nobody knows, and I got a chance to do it. End quote. Um, Zanija initially found Brooks' film parodies too crass and not too funny. But after working with Brooks, she said, I have this image of Mel as totally wacko and out to lunch. And he is. But he's also really perceptive, real sensitive in ways that make actors respond. Yeah. She played uh, Princess Vespa, yeah? That's what I'm checking right now. I think her name is Brooke something. Brooke, Brooke. Daphne Zuniga. There you go. That was close. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, she's very funny. I looked her up, and she has also been in, like, other parody-type movies. Yeah, that's when I kind of got the vibe from her, was just, like, parody films. Mm -hmm. You know? She was also in One Tree Hill. That's what I was going to say, but then she was also on One Tree Hill, so, like... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but the impact was huge. I mean, the the cultural like significance of this movie is wild. Like for for such a for such like a hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like one of those movies that's like poorly done on purpose. Yeah, and it's good. It's like the room. Yeah, and like Rocky Horror. Yeah, there is a I. I kind of consider it a reference to Rocky Horror in the opening credits. Once Upon a Time Warp. Oh, I didn't even miss. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, it's yeah, like the that first probably line is. of it. Probably is. Once Upon a Time Warp. In a galaxy very, 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 very far away. But anyway, um, the impact, so um, Spaceballs has made an impact on popular culture and been used as an inspiration in other properties. Tesla Motors has used Spaceballs Starship Speeds, Light Speed, Ridiculous Speed, Ludicrous Speed, and Plaid Speed as inspiration for naming their acceleration modes. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. Um, and then it kind of just repeats it. 
Um, as part of its merchandising, the Boring Company sold 20,000 flamethrowers in 2018, inspired by the Spaceballs merchandising scene. <laughs> See? This is the kind of shit I love! In a clip from the film, alongside clips of other Star Wars parody works, was used in a special look internet video used to promote Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker in order to show the cultural impact of Star Wars. Which is true. It really does go to show how, like, culturally impactful Star Wars is to begin with. The fact that such yeah. a... The, the parody is even so popular, you know? Like you Sorry, said, oh, I'm looking yeah. at your notes and seeing how far down it was for you to realize that that was Rick. It Moranis. was far! It, it's near the end. Well, I stopped after a while. Once I got to a certain point, I was, like, just watching the movie, not even taking notes anymore. Oh, I didn't take notes, which is why I have, like, a full breakdown summary so we could kind of just, like, talk. Go off of it. Yeah. But anyway, as I alluded to, the opening credits of this film is Once Upon a Time Warp, in a galaxy very, 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 very far away, there lived a ruthless race of beings known as Spaceballs. And then it was chapter 11. The Which I don't evil, get. I, no. Why 11? Is it because the original is chapter 4? But it's episode 4, right? Episode 4. Episode 4, yes. But yeah. they say episode 4 at the beginning of the, at the scroll. So maybe that's it. It's poking fun at the fact that it starts on episode 4. Probably. The evil leaders of Planet Spaceball, having foolishly squandered their precious atmosphere, had devised a secret plan to take every breath of air away from their peace-loving neighbor, Planet Druidia, right? Druidia, yeah. Druidia. Today is Princess Vespa's wedding day. Unbeknownst to the princess, but known to us, danger lurks in the stars above. If you can read this, you don't need glasses. This opening section got me so hard. First of all, gnomst cracked me up. Why? I don't know why. I just, I think that is the funniest word ever. I don't even think it's a real word. Well, it doesn't have a red underline, so it must be a real word. But I just thought that was so funny. And then if you can read this, you don't need glasses. Oh my god. That was just one of those things. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. So, anyway. I literally wrote that down. OMG, I'm cracking up. If you can read this, you don't need glasses. And you also texted me both of those. I did. Because I had just finished it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. What? I'm just reading my notes back. I don't know what the heck half of this means. Okay, here we go. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but anyway. So, Planet Spaceball is led by the incompetent President Scroob, who schemes to force King Roland of the neighboring planet Drudea to give them the code to the shield that protects Drudea, allowing them to steal all their air by kidnapping his daughter, Princess Vespa, on the day of her arranged marriage to the narcoleptic Prince Valium. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> so, okay. Who's, who's, um, isn't it Prince Ahmed in? Yes. In, okay. Yes, that's what I thought. Yes. I, that's yeah. what he reminds me of. Yeah. Very much Ahmed vibes, specifically from Twisted. Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember his name, but I just called him Prince Douchebag because I couldn't remember his actual name. Nobody remembers Ahmed. No. I'm not going to say the next line. We're moving on. He fucked the tiger. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. But anyway... Scroob sends the villainous Dark Helmet, played by 
Rick Moranis, to complete this task with Spaceball One, an impossibly huge ship commanded by Colonel Sanders. <laughs> so, I noticed this almost right away, but uh, Dark Helmet's, uh, like, epaulets on his cape and his tie, they're, uh, they make a yeah. phallic shape. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is gonna have to have a warning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before they can arrive, Vespa abandons her wedding and flees the planet in her Mercedes spaceship with her droid of honor, Dot Matrix. Who was voiced by Joan Rivers? Yeah. What? That was wild to me. I could not believe that that was Joan Rivers. Also, the bit where she's sitting in the car driving, or in the ship driving, and she takes off her headphones that are hair. Those were great. And I've definitely seen, like, Star Wars make those now. Yeah, of course. They look like the Princess Leia buns, but they're headphones. It's great. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And, sorry, King Roland, before we get into the next part, his hair kind of reminds me of the Cowardly Lion once the Cowardly Lion gets, like, all fancied up at the Emerald City. Yeah. <laughs> With how, like, curly and everything it is. And I'm yeah. Like, that, that, that's the Cowardly Lion. He just is missing the bottom part, but yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> and I think I texted you that and you went, okay. Yeah, because I didn't really know what you were talking about. And now that I, I, I remember, I was like, mm, yeah, okay, now I see what you mean. Yeah. So, Roland contacts mercenary Lone Star and his Mog, which is half man, half dog. He's his own best friend. <laughs> Mog played by John Candy. The late yeah, great which John Candy. I didn't realize it was John Candy. Oh, see, I knew it immediately. I went, oh, that's John Candy. But it took me half the movie to figure out it was Rick Moranis. So he looked familiar, but my family, like, didn't really watch planes, trains, and automobiles um, growing up. And we just watched it for the first time this past year. Okay, here's the thing, though. I didn't even recognize him from planes, trains, and automobiles. That's not where I know him from. I was all, oh, that's John Candy. He was in that one scene in Home Alone. That's what I used to know him from, but, like, so, Plane Trains and Automobiles came out, I believe, the same year as this. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, but, anyway. Yeah, his companion, Barf, offering a lucrative reward to retrieve Vespa before she is captured. One Star readily accepts, um, as he is in major debt to gangster Pizza the Hut. Which, first of all, okay, the first scene where you see the Pizza the Hut, I was all, Bleh. that thing's disgusting looking. Like, Jabba the Hut's gross, but, like, I want to know how they did that effect. Probably lots of gross makeup stuff. Yeah, I, I couldn't find anything about it, and I was, like, it's, so curious about it. It's absolutely a practical effect. It's probably a puppet of some sort. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Also, really quick, I just want to say how much I hate the way they spelled Mog. Yeah. Because it was in the subtitles, too, and I watch everything with subtitles. Um, and it's spelled M-A-W-G instead of M-O-G, as it should be. Yeah. Um, that wasn't really annoying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I I have seen so many characters, out of any character in this film, the character I've seen cosplayed the most is Barf. Yeah, because he's the most recognizable one. That and Dark Helmet. Yeah. Yeah. This would be the two most recognizable if you did like a whole group together and you had like dot and vespa and barf and lone star and dark helmet and the president then like maybe it would work but like individually it doesn't really work except unless you're doing barf or dark helmet like yeah. none of the other ones really go people would just be like oh it's indiana jones or oh it's uh discount princess leia like they just wouldn't yeah. get it 
So or like also, a bride? Because <laughs> I feel like I have to mention this because I'm a huge Young Sheldon fan. Mm. Young Sheldon's dad drinks Lone Star beer. Yep. And I was like, I never got that reference until like this most recent time watching it because I was like, oh, that's the beer that Sheldon's dad drinks. It's a real beer. I know. Oh, okay. But pop culture wise for me. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's like if there was somebody named like Michelob Ultra. Or, oh, Tom Collins from Rent. Yes, That's but a I cocktail. think Tom Collins was a person before the cocktail came along. True. I don't know. This would be a this would be another great thing to Google. This would be another great episode. Which came first, the character or the the person or the drink? Oh, just like my like history lesson on sangria. Yeah, that was wild. 1876 is when Tom Collins was made. By a person named Tom Collins? By a person named Jerry Thomas. Oh, so not... Okay, there you go. It's definitely not named after someone. (gasps) There we go. Answer solved. Ditink. Yep. (laughs) Oh, no. In their spaceship, Eagle 5, Lone Star and Barf are Which able to Which is a Winnebago. Leave. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. It's very fitting. Yeah. They're able to reach Vespa before Spaceball 1 and rescue both her and Dot and then escape. In space... <laughs> this is where another one of my favorite jokes happens. Is when they say, ah, he jammed the computer! And then literal it's jam. strawberry jam. No, raspberry. Or raspberry jam. He says, I hate raspberry. Why would it be raspberry? It does crack me up. He said, only Lone Star would do this. No, my favorite favorite joke Uh, comes later because I love a good fourth wall break. That meta joke about live recording and rewinding and fast forwarding. That that one is my favorite joke. That's my favorite bit in this. That's a great one. But the, the literal jamming of the computer, that one got me pretty good. Spaceball 1 tries to follow at light speed, but Dark Helmet orders the ship to ludicrous speed, causing it to overshoot the escapees by a large distance. Because he's like, light speed's not fast enough. Let's go to ludicrous speed. Yeah, I know. And it's so funny. And they go right past him. And then they, he goes, stop right now. And they're like, sir. And then he, and he like, goes, Flies forward. <laughs> and his helmet's all flat now. Oh, man. He gets a new one. They should have left it flat the whole movie. The whole rest of the movie from that point forward, it should have been flat. Though, if I had, like, had bet money on that whole thing, I would have said it stayed flat the rest of the movie because it goes back to being flat again at some point hmm. during the battle. When he, like, rams into the wall again. Oh, that's right. So there, it, it's just a very brief time. He gets a new helmet and then he flattens the new one. Yeah. I want to know oh how many God. helmets that man goes through, though. Probably so many. No, but the one that got me the hardest was when they were on the desert. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. With the dinks? No, no, no. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's keep going. Out of fuel, Lone Star is forced to crash land on the nearby desert moon of Vega. The group travels on foot in order to evade the space balls, but they eventually pass out under the blazing sun. They are found by the Dinks, a group of sparkly brown-clad aliens, which look like the Jawas. I thought they just looked like people in there. They were just wearing the robes that looked like Jawas. Yeah, that's what I mean, like the robes. The robes, yeah. Um, and are taken to a cave occupied by the sage, Yogurt, who introduces the group and the audience to the film's merchandising campaign. I just, I, I love how their Jawas are actually helpful. I know, right? That's what I wrote down. I was like, I love how these Jawas are actually helpful. I love it. 
Um, Yogurt later teaches Lone Star about the metaphysical power known as the Schwartz and gives him a ring which can be used to control the upside of the Schwartz. I did want to mention, I love how, like, Lone Star and, and Barf curse, like, when Han and Chewie would. Yeah. Like, like Han and Chewie can't, but, like, Lone Star and Barf can, and they do when it, like, they totally would. I love it. Yeah. Um, and this is also where we get the Wizard of Oz yes. reference in this yes. whole thing. And it's them, like, walking up to, like, the statue, and they're in the order of, like, and Dot, like, runs away. Or tries to, and they pull her back, and that's what the Ten Man does in the scene. Oh. And, like, all this other stuff. And it, I, I forget the order, but I know that it, I think it's, I think it's Scarecrow Dorothy. Lone Star, um, Ten Man, or Dot, and then, um, Barb. Barf. Yeah. Yeah. Which it is Dorothy, Scarecrow, Ten Man, and, um, yeah. Cowardly Lion. And, like, the whole room is green, and then he comes out, and he's green, and it's like, you're obviously making fun of Yoda, but also this is very funny. This is very... Yeah. Yeah. During this time, Lone Star and Vespa develop romantic feelings for each other, but Vespa insists that she can only marry a prince, because she's a princess. Yes. Which we'll get to that. Yeah. Helmet and Saunders oh break the fourth wall by using a VHS copy of Spaceballs to discover Vespa's location. And Helmet orders Spaceball 1 to go to the moon of Vega. And I love this joke. It's such a good joke. It's so meta. It's great. Because, like, if you notice, it's all these other Mel Brooks films. Yeah, yeah, I did notice. I did notice. Like Young Frankenstein and all those. Yeah. It was really good. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I really, I really like this joke. It, it's my favorite one in the entire movie, I think. Yeah, it's a very good joke. There's another joke that I, like, just sighed and was, like, very disappointed in. What? We'll get to it. We're, we're not even there yet. <laughs> um, actually, we're kind of close-ish to it. When Helmet discovers Yogurt's lair, he lures Vespa out by pretending to be Roland and captures both her and Dot and taking them back to the planet Spaceball. Okay, this is one of my favorite things. This is my other favorite joke is his pith helmet that he has with the eyeballs cut out of it. And then it has the little square and he (laughs) opens it so he can talk and then he closes it and he's just eyeballs again. Oh my gosh. I could not keep it together when I was watching this bit. Uh, oh, I like, I think that bit's so funny when they're just in the in the desert and he's got his little helmet. It's, it's not little; it's huge. It's like a big ass yeah. helmet. But I want to know and how much of the budget tan. of this. It's, not... it's a pith helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's okay. like. I want to know what the budget of this. I want to know what just the helmet budget was because that's like three different helmets now. Yeah, because they definitely just use the same smashed up one. Yeah. The budget of this film altogether was $22.7 um, I don't believe that. That's too much money. Wow, Mel Brooks. Way to make, way to make a movie with a budget that giant look like it had a budget of nickels and dimes. And it made... Um, 1.7 times the production budget in theaters. Shut up. No way. It grossed worldwide 38, um, million. Whoa. Yeah. That's wild. Oh, so it looks like people were seeing if Spaceballs 2 would actually come out, because I guess there was rumors for it for a while. But yeah. Mel Brooks said in a 2014 interview that he would never do space, a Spaceballs sequel without Rick Moranis, and Rick Moranis hasn't been active in acting. 
since yeah. 1997, and recently at that time had turned down a cameo in the Ghostbusters reboot. Yeah. IMDb so. has ranked this film at the seventh best parody movie of all time, with the list topped by Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Airplane. That's fair. Yeah. Those are both really good movies. Yeah. They also I made also... an animated version of this. When? In 2005. So, like, right after um, Revenge of the Sith came out, they made an animated version of Spaceballs. Wow. And I also... Vespa came back to voice her. Oh, that's great. She has a great voice. I like her a lot. Oh my goodness. It was, it, it came, oh, this is 2008 to 2009. Oh, so it must have been a series. Yeah, it was a TV series, 13 episodes. Oh, that's funny. Oh, and it parodies the prequel trilogy. I kind of want to watch We it. might have to watch this. Dean Bradley Baker voiced someone in it. He's like one of the top five build, and he's the clones in the Clone Wars animated series. Oh, yeah, we're watching this. What the hell? Oh, he voiced Dark Helmet, replacing Rick Moranis due to his retirement. Stop it. Okay, we definitely have to watch this now. <laughs> I love this. Anakin so. Crybaby? What? That, that's the name of Dark Helmet is Panikin Crybaby. Stop. No. I can't even with this right now. I'm gonna move on to the next plot point. Um, so... Oh, Let's and this see. was... Dom DeLuise's final acting performance before his death in May of 2009 was the 13-episode Spaceballs animated series. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next point here. Um, Sorry. You're fine. So, uh, Dark Helmet then threatens to reverse Vespa's nose job forcing King Roland to reveal the code to Duridia's shield, which is, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. And I love the, I love the, that's the same code a moron would put on his luggage. And then the president goes, remind me, I need to change the code to my luggage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> they, they go over. In Spaceball 1 to Druidia, while Lone Star and Bark rescue Vespa and Dot from the Spaceball's prison complex. When they arrive at Druidia, Spaceball 1 transforms in a Mega Maid, a Statue of Liberty-like colossal robot maid with a vacuum cleaner. And this vacuum is the has... Transformers reference. Yeah. They even said, it's a Transformer! Um, yeah. So the, the vacuum is activated and begins sucking the air off the planet. And then when the vacuum bag is almost full, Lone Star uses the Schwartz to reverse the vacuum, blowing the air back onto the planet. The group then enters Mega Maid and attempts to destroy it through the ear canal, into the brain. Yeah. This, I think, is very funny. Lone Star and Helmet fight each other using their, lo- their lightsaber-like weapons created by their Schwartz rings until uh, Helmet... No, until Lone Star loses his yeah. ring. But I thought it was very funny, like, watching the effects. Like, I know it was done by the same people who did Star Wars, but they're done so badly in this movie. Like, the lightsabers are so bad. I also hate them igniting the lightsabers. Over their crotch? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it's, a joke that I was referencing earlier. That I It's a terrible like. joke. Yeah. And then it was, I mean, like, yellow and green, right? Yeah. I just, I think it's terrible. The animation is so bad. (laughs) Which I think is done on purpose, but it's just very funny. Yeah. Um, so then, 
yogurt speaks <laughs> yogurt shows up as a as a schwartz ghost mm-hmm. yeah oh, telling him, ghost. i love this telling him that the ring was a cracker jack box prize <laughs> and that the yeah. real schwartz is inside him yeah also, I, you know what I love is, I was your father's cousin's like <laughs> yeah. that whole thing. I was your I was your father's cousin's sister's roommate. Yeah, or whatever. Fred, no, your father's cousin's friend's roommate, or something like that. So what does that make us? It makes us nothing. Ha ha ha! <laughs> yeah, I loved that joke. That's such a so good joke. Much. Such a good job. That might have been one of my favorites besides the um the VHS. That's a yeah, that one's really good. I yeah. don't know, the headphones. Ooh, sorry, Kara, I just like smacked my mic. The headphones I think are yeah. hilarious too. Um, Lone Star defeats Helmet, causing him to inadvertently strike the self-destruct button. Lone Star and his friends escape the ship, while Scroob, Helmet, and Sanders fail to reach any escape pods in time. Also, when that bear came out, I was like, if this was made now, that would be Cocaine Bear. That would be Cocaine Bear. That would be Cocaine Bear if this movie were to, like, have been released nowadays. Yes, but I like that it was a dude in a bear suit. I thought that was funnier. So funny. I it was, that like, was freaking hilarious. Did you see that bit in the Oscars when they were, it was for the visual effects awards, and they're like, Without the visual effects teams, this is what Cocaine Bear would have looked like. And it was, like, some random, like, actor in a bear suit. No! It was my favorite thing. It was my favorite bit from the entire night. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, and that's what that reminded me of was... Yeah, that's very that funny. bit in the Oscars. Um, which traps them in the robot's head as the ships explode. They subsequently land on a nearby planet, much to the, um, like, a grin of the Planet of the Apes, like, population. Yeah. They literally look like they're from the Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is a Planet of the Apes reference. That's the Planet of the Apes Statue of Liberty head. And she's holding the banana. Yeah. Or whatever it is she's holding in that movie. It's not a banana. What? Yes, it is. Is it? I can't remember. I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, no. It's the top of the vacuum so for this, obviously. Yeah. It's the handle of the vacuum, but it's yeah. very funny. And they're like, they're like, what the heck's crawling out of its nose? Yeah. And then, and then the one guy goes, space balls. And the other guy goes, well, here goes the planet. There goes this planet. Like, yeah. Well. Um, with Lone Star Stetson Pizza nullified by the gangster's untimely death, he returns Which is never explained. No. It's just, he, oh, he's dead. Oh, great. Yeah. He returns Vespa to Roland and leaves, taking only enough money to cover his expenses. And it was what? Like fuel? Yeah. Meal? Yeah, that was it. Like time? Yeah. After a lunch break at a diner and a strange incident involving an alien and an astronaut similar to the events in Alien, Lone Star finds a final message from Yogurt, informing him that the medallion necklace Lone Star has been wearing reveals that he is a prince and thus eligible to marry Vespa. Um, he reaches the planet in time to stop her wedding to Valium and adds to his royal lineage and marries Vespa. And the film ends with Eagle 5 flying off into the stars, leaving its glowing trails of exhaust revealing a message. May the Schwartz be with you. Which is really cute. Yeah. Also, if this movie... When did... Hold on. I'm going to see when a movie came out to see if I can um, make this reference. Okay. I meant to mention earlier when they were on the desert planet, I forgot about the combing joke. Where he says, comb the desert! And they're walking with the giant combs. I forgot yeah. about that. I forget how... I for, I, that's such a good joke. So such a good this joke. This movie came out in 1987, right? Right. Yeah. You know what other movie came out in 1987? That would have huh. totally been referenced with the priest? 
huh. specifically. Is it Princess Bride? Princess Bride. That's what I was thinking too. But the thing was, if this movie came out in 1987, that means it wasn't filmed. It was exactly. being filmed at same the same time. Bride. Like, unless one of them... Unless somebody had, like, an in on Princess Bride and knew what was going to happen. Yeah. My thought Princess was... Princess Bride came out in October of 1987, too. So it was after. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I, yeah that's what I thought at first, too. If came out, too. like, two years later, that would yeah. have such been a reference. They absolutely would have done Man, that. Marriage. Absolutely. I was waiting for him to do it. And then I was all, oh, I don't think this movie, I don't think that movie was out yet. No, that's why I just checked it. It's like, yeah. when did the movie come out? Because that absolutely would have been a reference. Also, I love the old timey font and then cut to like, just like regular people. Yeah. On Planet Druidia. And then, oh my gosh, on the, on the announcements, like Vespa's wedding today, tomorrow bingo. Like. Yeah. And then kind of again, stuff. when they show it, yeah, second marriage. And then he's just so fed up, and he's like, "I just want to marry someone at this point. I don't care who. It will happen." I love the organ player when he keeps like at the first one where he keeps going, and then he stops, and he looks at them, and then they start walking again, and he plays again, and then he yeah. stops, and he's all, "Um, hello." Yeah. It's just very funny. It's a very funny film. And I'm very happy to now know that there's an animated series that we could do. Me too. I'm very Especially excited about since this. D. Bradley Baker's in it. Uh yeah. Cause again, it said it came out in what, like two thousand eight, I said? Yeah. Yeah, two thousand eight. That's when Clone Wars was starting. Yeah. That was the first so, year. Yeah, so this came, um so the TV series came out June 4th of 2008 on Super Channel in Canada. Hmm. And then November 21st of 2008 in the States. Huh. Interesting. We will find it. Oh, I'm so determined to find it and watch it, even if it's not for the show. Clone Wars, um, the first release was October 3rd of 2008. Okay. In the States. So it was about a month later is when it came out in the States for us. Yeah. We'll definitely be watching this. So, shall we get into the fandom news? Yeah. Woo. So, Corbin Blue will be returning to host the 14th annual Jimmy Awards. Death Drop will open off-Broadway this summer with RuPaul's Drag Race stars Jujubee and William. The dates for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party have been announced. This spooky event is taking place on select nights um, this fall from August 11th of 2023 through November 1st of 2023, with tickets going available May 2nd. So, what, a day or two before? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Disney has confirmed the return of Oogie Boogie Bash, a Disney Halloween party, as part of Disney's Halfway to Halloween celebration. Dates to be announced. Ariel Jacobs is joining Conrad Rigamora Jose Yana in Broadway's Here Lies Love. I'm so excited for this one. I know you An are. An opening date has been announced for Rogers the Musical at Disney's California Adventure. A short one-act version of the musical is coming to the Hyperion Theater at DCA Park for a limited engagement beginning on June 30th, 2023. Disney has just announced that the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival 2023 will begin on July 27th of this year and will run through November 18th. And I'm so excited for you to... Yay! We're gonna go! We're gonna go! I'm gonna go to Disney World! I'm going to Florida this year! Yeah. Um, Disney has announced their first ever Disneyland After Dark Pride Night events starting on June 13th, excuse me, just June 13th and June 15th, and will feature Pride Night cavalcade, dance clubs, and more. 
Waitress the Musical Live um, captured to premiere at the 2023 Tribeca Film Festival, which so excited for that. Yes. Ariana also really De- excited for this next one. Yeah. Ariana DeBose is going to host the Tony Awards again this year. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, what? Yes. So this used to be a thing pre-COVID and it's coming back. Um, which is the Edna Mode experience returning to Disney's Hollywood Studios on May 14th, so the day after Sean and I go for our anniversary, as part of a reimagined Pixar pa- um, Pixar Place, I almost said Palace, where you'll also encounter Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, Frozone, and Sully from Monsters, Inc. It's like, so it's kind of by where, like, Toy Story Land is. It's, like, uh-huh. right outside the gates of that. And it's, like, this whole, like, it kind of looks a little Incredibles-themed, and it's a meet-and-greet area for Edna and the Incredibles characters. That's cool. And what they used to, obviously, it's being reimagined, as it says. Um, they had, like, um, all these pictures and, like, statues of Jack-Jack, like, transporting everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, we, like in the ride here. Like, the Incredibles ride here? Yeah. But it, it, it's like a little stand area and it like a character meet and greet. That's it's not cute. like a ride. Yeah, yeah. Um, I meant more that like in the ride here, you like Jack yeah. Jack like. Anyway, um, I think it's kind of messed up. They have Sully, but no Mike. What the heck? I know. What's that about? That's at least what Disney Parks Instagram said. Okay. So Tokyo Disney Resort. <laughs> Tokyo Disney Resort is cooking up two fabulous new stage shows, the Diamond Variety Muster and at the Diamond Horseshoe, and Duffy and Friends' Wonderful Friendship at Cape Cod Cook-Off. The new behind-the-scenes comedy, Shark, on Broadway, about the making of the iconic blockbuster Jaws, will transfer from London's West End to Broadway this summer. So, sadly, a few Fantasyland rides will be down for refurbishment this summer, starting on June 5th, with no reopening date announced yet. And these rides are Peter Pan's Flight, Alice in Wonderland, and Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yes, and this is, of course, over at Disneyland. Yeah, at Disneyland, sorry. Yeah. Um, On April 21st, Spider-Man films started to being streamed on Disney+, Plus. announced, like, the day before... But these Spider-Man films were Spider-Man 2002, Spider-Man 2, 2004, Spider-Man 3, which came out in 2007, and The Amazing Spider-Man, which is 2012. So it was the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and then the first of the Garfield. Yeah. Um, Which I found weird. It is a little weird. Carrie Fisher has been honored the day this episode comes out, so today, I guess. Um, Yeah. By getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the ceremony set forth today. Yes. Warner Brothers announced during a presentation at CinemaCon 2023 for a confirmed sequel for Beetlejuice. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Olivia Rodrigo is already rumored to be in it. As, like, Lydia's daughter. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's how I feel. Yeah. Following its Academy Award win for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Netflix reveals details for nine animated films to be released over the next 18 months, including a new Spongebob movie. Yeah, and that Spongebob movie is about um, Sandy the Squirrel as the lead. It's not going to be Spongebob as the lead, which I found interesting. I guess that's kind of cool. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't grow up with Spongebob. I didn't either. Starting on May 12th, Spider-Man Homecoming and Venom will be available only on Disney+. Plus. So still no Far From Home or No Way Home or Amazing but, Spider-Man 2. But better than nothing. Yeah. Uh, Disney has temporarily suspended all fire effects across all parks. Yes. That's the last one. Is, of uh, course, following both Maleficent... incidents there's two of them now i'm hearing the first one of course as everybody knows is the phantasmic dragon at disneyland caught on fire 
few days and ago. And I also saw um, the Festival of Fantasy, Maleficent Dragon, a video of it being on fire, but I know it, like, has been on before, but the location was different for it. Yeah. Because it was over by our firehouse, this video I saw, which is, like, where the parade docks and goes okay. backstage. Okay. So yeah, it was near so. the end of it, at least. So, yeah, they said, we're going to just hold off on the fire effects for now. Yeah. Until they figure out what's going on. Yeah. So, also, apparently, Phantasmic is already going to be up and running by the time this episode comes out. Yes, so there is a Phantasmic um, B where if the dragon can't go out for any reason, Maleficent stays up there and does all the fire that, like, Maleficent can do. But she can't do the fire now. Like, she points her spear. Well, she, like, points her, like, wand oh. and, like, creates, like, the fire by Mickey, but doesn't do, like, the breathing fire. But, but they aren't doing fire now. So what are they going to do? Fireworks? I Just make it know. go, like, I don't know, water? I don't know. Make her shoot we'll water see. around him? We'll figure it out. From we'll what see. I read, it was the fire effects that are, like, the ones used in the dragon. Interesting. Not, like, fire lines. Yeah. Not like gas, not like you know, where you have yeah, like not a like set on the stage, tube. Like, yeah, it's like not being shot out of something. It's just a tube that like yeah. fires up like a fireplace. Yeah, that's what, at least what I've read. We'll see what happens in this next week. Yeah, by the time this episode comes out, this whole conversation may be obsolete. Yep. Don't you love the fandom news section? Sometimes it, this is the beauty of. This is the beauty of sharing news weeks before. Hey, this is one week before. Okay, but still. True. Anyway. In a week, half of the stuff will already be obsolete. <laughs> it's fun, huh? No. Most of it will be still. Yeah, I guess. Oh, and it was announced um, next week, I think on May 3rd. Third, it's like either May second or May third. The um, Tony Award nominations live stream will be happening, and Leah or Leah Michelle is announcing the awards with someone else. But the name really? everyone is seeing is Leah Michelle. Really, Leah Michelle? Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why? Is it okay. because the show that she's a part of cannot be nominated again for a Tony Award? Maybe. Because, because, like, also, not enjoyed Weber waiting two years before Phantom goes back on Broadway. Because with revival rules for the Tony Awards, it doesn't hit reality until it's been off Broadway for two years. That's so right now what bad. they're doing like, is um, refurbishing um, the Majestic Theater, which is what needed to happen for that theater. It was old and run down. Well, yeah, but the rumor is that they're going to do a less mount. expensive revamp of Phantom. Can they just let people start doing Phantom, please? Yeah, they already do. Oh, been like 20 years come on you guys let's let's no they already do because um in orlando there's a production of phantom that i cannot audition for why not because it's like a full like two week like summer camp almost kind of like nine to five thing during the summer when i'm working oh at my internship and it's like through the seminal culture not seminal culture arts council Seminole County Public Schools, like, they do a summer thing, and, like, all the directors get involved, and it's for alumni up to, like, four years. So this year would be my last one to do, because the cutoff age is 22. That's fine. Let's get into this outro. I can't talk anymore. My voice hurts. Okay. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fan Fatales. We are proud part of the Real Fans Podcast Network. That's right, and if you want to check out more shows on the network, you can find them at rf4rm.com. Join us next week where Gabby will be reacting to the insane plot that is Hogwarts Mystery. I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> Remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube. 
Please leave us a review and comment down below to tell us what you thought of the show. And remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitter at FanFatalsPod for the latest updates. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? So my Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter are all at SnippyEmma, which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gabs? I'm at Gabby Jen pretty much everywhere. That's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Our editing is by the wonderful Carolyn Meyer. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Bye! Music those words that we do not reflect the benefit of the body.